Hey, landlords, are you ready to level up your rental game and simplify your life? Well, get ready to meet your new best friend, KeyCheck. KeyCheck is your all-in-one solution for stress-free property management with tenant-paid screenings, rent payment processing, online lease creation with eSign, and a suite of incredible landlord tools. You'll wonder how you ever lived without it. No more chasing down checks or sifting through piles of applications. KeyCheck helps you organize and manage all things landlording in a simple and efficient way. So if you're tired of the rental chaos and crave seamless, efficient management, head over to KeyCheck.com and sign up today. Make landlord life a breeze with KeyCheck, the game changer for modern property owners. Welcome to Landlord Diaries, where we talk about midterm rentals and the opportunities behind them. We'll share landlord stories, talk about maximizing investment potential, and discuss how to live the very best landlord life. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Furnished Finder, the place for everything midterm rentals. Remember to like and subscribe if you enjoy our content. Hello, hello, everyone. It is Kelly Bailey, your host of The Landlord Diaries. And I am really excited about today's episode because I think it answers a lot of those questions that come up on the Furnished Finder social media pages about midterm rentals. And hey everyone, I'm Katie Lyon. I am the marketing director for Furnished Finder and KeyCheck and also Kelly's uh, podcast co-host. So um, we are here with Kama today and Kama lives in Boston and has over almost 20 years or about 20 years um, grown a rental portfolio of about 60 properties. And we get to talk to her about how she managed to do that and what her strategy is being in such an expensive market. Um, so it'll be, it'll be really informational for everyone to hear because prices of, of real estate are not really going down as many people thought they would. So, um, tune in, you're going to, you're going to take some good nuggets from today and also learn just about shifting your strategy and always being flexible. So we're excited for this one. Um, as a reminder, this episode and every episode is brought to you by Furnished Finder. We are the go-to place for midterm rentals. You can list your property on Furnished Finder for $99 a year. And that doesn't matter how many leads you get, how many messages you send, how many leases you end up signing. It's $99 per year. You, you can't beat it. So here we go. Nope. And with that flexible, uh, that flexible comment, I have to add every time I think of comma, 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 comedia. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Enjoy everyone. Today, we talk with Kama Cicero, founder and owner at Stars of Boston. Kama has 22 years of experience in real estate and seven years operating Stars of Boston. In this episode, we will discuss Kama's large variety of midterm rental sizes from room rentals to five bedroom homes. In total, Kama has 60 plus units. She operates as both short-term and midterm rentals. Kama, thank you so much for being with us here today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you. Uh, One of the most common questions we get uh, that I'm excited about talking with you um, on for this episode is what size works best for midterm rentals? Do higher prices work? So this is going to be a really good conversation, but first let's, uh, let's jump into how you and I met, which was through the Chippa conference. So Mm -hmm. how long have you been a part of Chippa and do you recommend it for others? 
Yes. Um, so we joined Chippa the first time about four years ago, but we didn't understand, you know, we thought that we would join and then we would start receiving, you know, inquiries from other companies. And we didn't understand that we had to participate. Um, so we just rejoined uh, this past year. And I'm actually, I'm really happy that we did because we went on our first conference to New Orleans and that was really exciting. And now, you know, we're starting to feel like a part of rather than being an outsider. So when we look forward to, you know, going again, I think next year it's in Arizona. Um, So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is if you join CHIPA or CHPA, a corporate housing providers association, then networking is the key. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Okay. Don't miss that. If you join, make sure you participate and are ready to network uh, that year. Awesome. Uh, Now, what I loved is when you go to these conferences around the country, you're like, okay, do I bring a printed uh, card? Do I bring a digital card? And so many times, you know, you've got those varieties, but Kama goes above and beyond. She had a whole folder about stars of Boston. So, you know, there's not any right or wrong way to network, but I like your style. You go big or go home. <laughs> I think the only wrong way to network is to not stand out. Yes. <laughs> right? Like the one wrong way to network is is blend into the crowd. Don't give yourself something to remember. So however you do that. So Kama, I'd love to hear how Stars of Boston got started um, and just kind of like your story from the Let's go back all the way to chapter one. Where where did you start? How did you get going? Well, so no, <laughs> um, I um, I have a master's degree in special education, and I was teaching high school, and I decided just be, you know ironically due to all the politics, I didn't want to teach anymore. So I had had my real estate license in my early twenties, and I decided to go back to real estate for one summer until I figured out what I wanted to do next. And 22 years later, I'm still, I have a small real estate office in Brookline, Massachusetts. We do sales and rentals. And, you know, by nature, you know, real estate, you know, furnished rentals, it's a business. But by nature, you know, I have a really good heart and I want to do something that makes a difference. And, you know, during the years as a rental agent, I received many calls from families coming to Boston And, you know, they had a medical condition and couldn't find a place to stay. And I had one in to refer them to and one furnished, um, it was a building that had furnished units that wasn't close to the hospitals. And it was by accident that I got into this because one of my clients, they had bought a property and they had three months left in their rental. So, you know, I had, you know, been thinking about like all the calls that I got Someone told me about Airbnb. I didn't know what Airbnb was, but they said, this is a place you can list. We listed and it just, it took off. And, you know, that was the beginning. Yeah. Seven years ago. And I was just doing this casually, you know, just kind of seeing what was going to happen. And fast forward seven years, we have 60 plus properties. We have a team of 20 people. Um, it's a hard business. <laughs> it's a really, really hard business. You know, furnished rentals have been around for decades. And unfortunately, you know, you know, but it didn't make the news. And then Airbnb comes around and you hear about like all the parties and the bad management. 
you know, or shootings. That's what, you know, makes it on the news. The good stories and all the good that we're doing, that doesn't make it on the news. Right. And we've helped a lot of people. I think you make a really good point, too, about it's not it's not easy, right? As this stuff gets more popular and gets more attention, even without even just short term rentals, right? Years ago, I would see things like, you know, ads for get your own Airbnb and you can make completely passive income. And it's all of those things on paper could be true in different circumstances, I suppose, but it's not easy. It's hard and it's work and it's, you know, it's not a get rich quick thing. It's a, um, you know, real estate is a, is a, is a marathon, right. Um, and the rewards are for people who stay until the end. So I, I appreciate you saying that because I think there's a lot of, you know, as something gets more and more popular, there's a lot of people kind of pushing that the direct or, you know, instantaneous rewards. And usually if too good to be true. Yes, run. It is. <laughs> run the other way. Yeah, I mean, that's what people don't realize. You know, if you're going to do this, you have to be available 24-7. And you have to know what you're doing because, you know, we're putting people in these properties, but, you know, we're in Boston. It's in, in older cities. The houses are on top of each other. You know, a lot of the units are in condominiums. It's really important that we respect the long-term residents as well. So, you know, we don't want them to be disturbed by parties or trash, you know, overfilling. Um, You know, they have to respect the rules and regulations. And, you know, you have to have somebody involved. And you also have to know how to vet the clients coming in. And that's where my experience also helps, too. So tell us what your current portfolio is and how you scaled to the growth that you're at. I'm going to add in real fast that, you know, while... While we are talking about it is work uh, and it's not necessarily passive, but when you compare it to a nine to five job, it's a Mm. lot less work than a nine to five. So Mm -hmm. that's what you hear a lot of people say is, oh, it's more passive because they're not going to an office or working eight hours a day. They're maybe, uh, you know, vacationing and taking calls or reaching out to their contractor or just going about daily life, reaching out to their contractor. So in comparison, it's work, but it's not truly like having a W. Well, and like there's like that sliding scale too, right? Like short-term rentals, you've got the most profit, you've got the highest turnover, you have the highest amount of work. Midterms, you've got the middle amount of profit, you've got the middle amount of turnovers, you got the middle amount of work. Kelly and I talk a lot, but like my midterm rentals generally leave me alone, right? Long-term rentals, and this is all generally speaking, long-term rentals, you're going to make a little bit less but they're a lot less work and our long-term tenants that we have, I only hear from them if the fridge breaks, right? Otherwise I honestly forget it's even going. So it's, there's that sliding scale and you have to kind of pick the sweet spot for what works for you and where you're comfortable. Yeah. So, all right. So that brings me to tell us about your portfolio, what your mix is like and how you got from, okay, I want to go back and try real estate for a summer to having over 60 properties. Right. So, you know, because I think of who I am and, you know, the relationships I've built, like I've been working with the same landlords, you know, for 22 years. So I get a lot of exclusive rentals. And in the beginning, when we, when we took on a lot of the properties, the rental market wasn't strong. So when we took the property, it was something that didn't rent 
So we were helping the landlords so that they had income coming in. And then obviously, you know, we furnished the properties and, you know, then rented it short term. But Boston, about three, four years ago, because everybody and their mother started doing this and we had a lot of investors coming in overseas and scooping up properties, you know, they they put in place regulations too, um, which actually... I agree that there there needs to be some type of regulations. I, I don't agree with how they went about it because, you know, they allowed the big companies to continue renting short term because they, you know, have more money to do this. And the little guys like us, you know, we thought our business was over, but that was our introduction into midterm rentals. And actually, it was just, it's just like you were saying, yes, the profit is is less. But actually not always, because when you're renting short term, if you don't fill the property, you know, for all the days, you know, you're, those are days that you're not getting that income. So we found actually sometimes the midterm rentals do better. You know, it's it, it just depends. Um, so but that's how we started with, you know, taking on properties that weren't renting and, you know, the landlords, you know, and they the landlords like us because. They get free property management. You know, they know we're going to take care of the property. They know we're going to vet the people coming in. And they know they have long-term tenants. And they know that the rent's going to be paid on time. So, you know, it's a win-win for landlords, too. Awesome. So you've got 60 properties spread out around uh, areas of Boston that you have found uh, are good to invest in or manage properties in. So let's get a let's get a little closer picture of what types of properties are these? Are they apartments? Are they homes? Are they, you know, condos? What are they? A little all of the above. (laughs) So so we have we have sizes, you know, ranging from private rooms. It's actually it's an amazing location. Except the St. Mary's stop in Boston. So Fenway, Kenmore Square is like two blocks away. There's trains right there when you walk outside. This is a more affordable, affordable way to stay in a great location. You know, they're private rooms, furnished, like with mini fridges, kind of like a hotel room. You know, the downfall is that there's a shared bath. But, you know, if you're willing, you know, if that's not doesn't bother you, you know, you can come to Boston and stay in like one of the best areas, you know, for an affordable price. Awesome. We have three rooms and those actually do really, really well. Um, and then we have studios, one bedrooms, two bedrooms, three bedrooms, four bedrooms and five bedrooms. All of our units are in the city, uh, close to the hospitals, public transportation, shopping, restaurants. That's the other thing, you know, our clients coming in are also frequently all the restaurants. And so we're bringing business into into the area, too. Where we're allowing families to come and see the city that wouldn't be able to afford to come here, too, which is really nice. And are you renting and, and are you renting most of these properties or does your company own and purchase? Them? Three of them we own. And we we have different arrangements with landlords. So some of the units we rent outright as if we were a regular tenant. So if it's empty, we still have to pay the rent. If we have any profit, that's ours. And then other landlords are involved in a profit share. So we have different, you know, splits at the end of the month too. But every landlord that signed on with us seven years ago is still with us. And, you know, I always explain to landlords, you have to look at this from a 12-month perspective. because you know, one of the reasons it's so hard to find furnished rentals is it's a risky business. It's a really risky business. My rent roll 
is over $100,000 every month. And even in the last five years, I mean, we've been through like hell and back between, you know, the regulations in Boston. Then we had COVID, COVID. I mean, that we almost went out of business. I mean, nobody saw that coming. Um, so what, how'd you stay afloat? Barely, because, well, luckily we, I put money away, you know, for a Smart. rainy day that I never thought that we would need. So good um, reminder yeah. for everybody. If you yes, don't have yes. those savings and what is it uh, recommend? Is it six months? What are you supposed to have set aside for rent? Yeah, exactly. And every time we start to get there, you know, then something happens and we kind of have to dig in, but I'm, I'm blessed and I'm grateful because I never want to be in a situation where we don't have the funds, you know, to pay our bills, you know, because our name's involved too. My name is, you know, my name is everything. And you know how you mentioned, like we put the packets together that we brought to chip up. I mean, I think that kind of sums up who we are. You know, we kind of, we go over and beyond. I believe like we have our own service um, team that's there to answer calls 20, two hours a day, seven days a week. It's not an answering service. It's our team. We have our own maintenance team. We have our own cleaning team. You know, we have ad. I mean, it's just, it's, it's constant. There's so much to do. Did so you build that team all on your own? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, come, I'm, I might circle back to that later, but I want to get into the meat of the conversation, which are the questions we get all the time of, what size is best for midterm rentals and do higher prices work? So uh, comma is a great example uh, of an area around the country because guys keep in mind, every part of the country is going to be different. It's not going to be the same. The Midwest is not going to be as expensive as the East coast or California. So every, every area is different. So in general comma, uh, I want to jump in to, letting you just kind of let's let's start with what size do you have the most rentals of between all of yours one bedrooms one bedroom so that's what you've decided is like the bread and butter if you want to go for the uh lowest occupancy rate or highest (laughs) backwards the highest occupancy rate uh, then you you build your one bedroom portfolio is that what i'm hearing I would say studios and one bedrooms. Yeah. Okay. Because also it's less risk because, you know, the rent's lower than two, three or four or five bedroom as well. Okay. Awesome. And your one bedrooms and studios, you know, depending on what part of the country you're in, some people might consider, consider them high priced. Others might consider them, you know, right at the sweet spot, or maybe theirs is, is even higher priced than yours. So um, in general, just to give you guys an idea, uh, comma, in those desirable areas of Boston that she's in, the room rentals come in around 1900 to 2500 uh, monthly. The studios between tw- 2800 to 3500 monthly. And then she has 27 one bedrooms that are between 3800 to 6000 monthly. So I'm very intrigued by the room rentals. Because it is the shared bath, and I think there's even shared kitchen spaces. So, how does that work for your three room rentals that you're saying are actually very popular? Yeah, I mean, so it's there's it's a brownstone, um, and for the, <laughs> for Boston, everyone knows what a brownstone is. But a brownstone in Boston, they were built in the early 19th century. Uh, they're brick, 
you know, more of like the Victorian era, high ceilings, big rooms. So there's 14 rooms in the building. And out of the 14, three, we rent furnished. The other residents are long-term and have been there for years. So, and they're, they're some of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, you know, what we also provide for the rooms and also our other units are very thorough welcome packets, which will, and we send this ahead of time and it describes what the property is, the size of the bed, what type of coffee maker, what's in the room. You know, this, this is how you take, you know, public transportation. If you blow a fuse, this is, you know, because there's so many headaches that are involved with this. And so, well, I shouldn't say issues that come up every day. So we try based on our experience to, you know, plan ahead and answer these questions. So it's right there for them. And then it's, yeah, I think the clients appreciate it as well. Definitely. Um, yeah. I mean, the shared bath, I mean, we have it, it's, you know, in capital letters, because that's the other thing too. We don't want anybody to come and not have their expectations met. It's really important that they know what they're renting. So we have 360 virtual tours for all of our units. Um, you know, we want to like steer away from all the platforms like Airbnb, VRBO, and get more direct bookings too, and work with more corporate clients as well. But yeah, you know, when we first put the first room on, I was really hesitant because of the shared bath. I was just like, I don't know how I'd feel about this, but um, I'm, I'm shocked at how well they've done. And, and is we- it a shared kitchen as well? Yep. So the, each room has like a microwave, a mini fridge, a coffee maker, a toaster oven. And then on the lower level, there's a shared kitchen. And then we have a cart that's, you know, for Stars of Boston with, you know, pans and pots and cooking utensils. Um, and then there's even a patio out there as well. Nice. So tell us when you're looking at a property, how do you decide, okay, I'm going to rent this short term. I'm going to rent this midterm. I'm going to rent this per room or I'm going to rent this as a whole unit. How do you kind of look at a property and decide here's here's what I'm going to do with it? Well, it also depends on where it's located too. Because like I said, Boston has really strict regulations. So the rooms, for example, we're allowed to rent those short term because they have um, a certificate that allows them to do this. In Boston, it has to be 30 days plus. Very similar to Denver. That's how Denver is unless it's your primary residence, then you can short term, you know, an extra bedroom, but I, there's not a whole lot of people who want to do that. Right. Or, you know, a lot of units can do like if the owner, if it's the owner's house and they're traveling back and forth, they can apply for permits too. So that's one reason. And then another is, you know, depends on the location and season too. So if you're going to rent short term, you know, our season in Boston is actually starting next week, April 15th. It goes to about the end of October. And then from November to March, it's off season. So not many people are coming into the city short term when it's off season and cold. So even those units that we can rent short term, we usually turn into midterm rentals for the winter. Perfect. It's such a great combo being able to if you have those properties that you can maximize the short-term rental in the appropriate seasons and then fill the whole month in the off seasons, it's like you can't get a better combination of profitability than that. Right, Kama? Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
Today's episode is proudly sponsored by Furnished Finder, the ultimate platform for hassle-free midterm rentals. Whether you're a seasoned landlord or just getting started, Furnished Finder is the place for you. With Furnished Finder, you can say goodbye to booking fees and hello to direct bookings for 30 day plus days. It's a win-win for everyone involved. So if you're ready to experience the joys of midterm renting and take a load off your landlord shoulders, head over to FurnishedFinder.com today. We make it easy to get started. We're grateful to Furnished Finder for sponsoring this episode and we're sure you'll love what they have in store for you. Right. And yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, you know, like I love this time of year. Actually, right before I came on, I had to make a deposit and I checked the bank account. I was like, woo, <laughs> <laughs> the season's starting. And I texted you know, our manager and I was like, if it could be like this all year, <laughs> you know, last year was actually the best season we've ever had. But Excellent. then this past winter was the worst winter we've I mean, it was scary, like almost worse than COVID. It's like, you're making a good point. You have to look at it as an annual investment, right? Because it is very seasonal. And that's important to have those, uh, that six month uh, rent in place or backup rent in place if you, if in case you need to pull from it. But that's crazy that you said you had your best year ever, even though it was a tough winter. Right. And that I'm still trying to understand and make sense of. All right. So can you tell us a little bit about how you have begun to use Furnished Finder and how that's how you're using it as a tool to help you with direct booking? Because I, yeah. I know you said that you're trying to stray away from the Airbnb and the VRBO. Um, but how are how are you finding that as a tool, you're using it to kind of fill your funnel? Right. Well, ironically, when we went to Chip, I met Cami, I believe, and she's like, oh, stars of Boston, you guys are celebrities. I guess we were like the first people that signed on. I had no idea. <laughs> so like I said, you know, because we also, uh, traveling nurses, Boston has so many, you know, prestigious hospitals. So traveling nurses are a big part of our business. And when Furnished Finder began, that's, you know, was their clientele as well. So yeah, Furnished Finder definitely helped us fill a lot of units. And it's also nice to see that you guys are, well, Furnished Finder is expanding and is, you know, going into the corporate world because, you know, we we really, really want to do this um, and start working with corporate clients. One, you know, the corporate world, though, I think, you know, and this is where we differentiate, you know, is mostly like high rise buildings with amenities, you know, it has more of like a cold feeling and a lot of people love this. That's corporate. We have, you know, buildings with elevators and, you know, that are newer buildings laundry in the unit, but we also have like your typical Bostonian brownstone, you know, where it's a very comfortable unit, but you don't have like those high rise amenities, but you can also walk in and out of the building versus go in, go down a hallway, take an elevator. So, and it's, I think it's just nice to have, you know, different types of units to offer. That's what I love is we're all attracted to different things. Like you think yes. of dogs, how many different breeds of dogs are out there? You're like, oh, that one's so cute. And this one's not my favorite. And then same thing with with uh, your spouse or, or with uh, homes. You're like, oh, I love that decor or that's not my style. And so just because one, you know, we all have different styles and families 
aren't going to probably prefer the luxurious whites that are so trendy and popular because they're thinking of their kids that might ruin everything in the home. They need something that they can be a little rough with. So yes. I, I did want to make sure and come back to the, <laughs> right. I did want to make sure and come back to the conversation about the different sizes of homes. So we've talked about the one be- bedroom and the studios being the most desirable, but then you're not shying away from the larger homes either, which we have a lot of questions around that. Like, do do larger homes work? Do higher price homes work? And, you know, your three bedrooms to five bedrooms range from 6000 to 11500 monthly. So how are your larger homes doing and what type of clientele are coming into those homes? Yeah. So again, you know, during season, usually, you know, and I'm hoping it's going to be the same this year, you know, they just fill without us putting much effort into it. And a lot of times uh, families coming for medical procedures um, and a lot of our units, you can walk to the hospital. We also, most of our units are pet friendly too. Um, You know, pets are part of our family and they have to come with us. So we also have family coming to visit family. We have families coming to see the city. We have graduation. We have um, corporate clients coming in for conferences or coming to see, you know, the Red Sox or a concert. Um, yeah, weddings. I mean, you name it, you know, they're coming. So and then we have families that are coming, you know, that are working here for, you know, a certain amount of time and they need a good school system and they need they need a place that they can call home. Are your larger homes still a good blend of short-term and mid-term rental? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But again, I mean, so obviously, you know, you'll profit more with the larger homes because they're larger and, you know, you can ask for more rent, but it's also a higher rent to pay. So, you know, you have to weigh your options too. You know, I guess it's it's just like real estate. When you're a real estate agent, you're 100% commissioned. So I've learned... You know, it's feast or famine. So if you splurge all at once, you're going to have trouble and you're going to starve. So you always have to plan ahead. And always think of worst case scenario, too. Mm-hmm. And you've survived through all those worst case scenarios. Yeah, so you're I doing it well. Be, yeah, I just want it to be smooth. You know, I mean, <sighs> we have, I really like, I am so passionate about this company. Like I said, it was by accident I got into this. You know, I was doing it just casually. And then what I saw, like, when I saw the difference that we were making, like, we have a lot of letters from families thanking us. You know, it's hard for me to use the word affordable in Boston because nothing's affordable in Boston, even for an unfurnished unit. But in when you compare our prices to other companies, we are the most affordable. Like, we don't want to kill people. You know, at the same time, we don't want to go underwater either. So, you know, it's it's hard finding that balance. For sure. Um, yeah. But like I said, like even our call center, like they get to know each other. They're not just like a dollar sign. Like we get to know who they are and, you know, we can pick up at the airport, drop off. We can, you know, arrange for dogs to be walked. Baby, I mean, it's like we want, we care. <laughs> And that is a good moment when you say, thank you so much for that amazing feedback. Would you mind leaving us a five-star review? So a reminder, Furnish Finder, Airbnb constantly like sends you emails. Hey, leave a review. Hey, leave a review. Do you want to see what they wrote about 
you, then leave this, you know, leave your review. It doesn't work the same with Furnish Finder. You have to go right. after your reviews. And the one thing that I realized recently that when I was leaving my own personal review for a Furnish Finder host was I forgot that it asks what your dates of stay are. So if you want to be even more proactive, especially your guests that have been there six months and don't remember when they moved in and you wanted them to be able to seamlessly go through that review process, go ahead and provide those dates for them so that they don't have to pause and say, eh, I'll come back to it later. I don't have time to figure that out right now because it is a required step. So uh, I love hearing those stories of, of great host experiences and it does sound like you're making a huge difference. And what is it? Who is it? Gary on your team? Gary mm -hmm. said you have a heart of gold. <laughs> but it's hard having a good heart and running a business too. So. Yep, <laughs> always a balance. <laughs> yeah. Well, as a real estate agent and a property manager, which guys, if y'all are paying attention to these shows and really looking for those heart of gold, passive income investment opportunities, we've had probably, uh, I think by the end of this year, we'll have somewhere from three to five hosts uh, that are realtors and property managers around the country that might be great partners for your next investment. So Kama is one of those. She uh, is both a realtor and a property manager. So um, how many of your properties do you own personally out of the 60 and how many do you manage for investors? So in this portfolio, I mean, I own some other properties, but for stars, it, three of the units I own. And then for investors, like we have about 10 units, 10 to 15. And then the other units are landlords that have owned these properties for decades. So, I mean, they're an invest, you know, they own it as an investment, but I don't consider them like the investors that, you know, someone who's just bought the property you know, within the last five years. It's an arbitrage situation. Right, right. I, I just keep sitting here and I'm thinking like Boston is a very expensive place to be, right? My yeah. sister-in-law and her family live in Boston. And when we hear what she's paying for unfurnished rent or a new house or anything, we're like, oh my gosh. And we're in Denver. Denver is not cheap, yeah. right? I mean, you can buy a cardboard box out here for $300,000 <laughs> if that's what you're looking for. Um, but I think what's cool is that you've said... Okay, I still want to be here. I just have to figure out a way to make this work. And whether that's arbitrage or co-hosting or whatever you want to call it or however you want to twist the wheel, it's you're saying there is a way to make it work if you get creative enough and strategic enough. And I think that's a really important point to drive home because real estate investing and midterm rentals can work in every single market. You just have to get creative. Yes. Real estate is not the place where you can say, okay, this is how I do it. I'm going to go here, press play. Here's the formula done. It's no, no. You have to start and take in all the factors, right? What's the demand? What's the city like? What's, you know, the market like here? And then you have to fit the pieces of, of the puzzle together um, to figure it out. So I, first of all, I applaud you on that. And second of all, I just want to encourage anyone listening who thinks, ah, my market's too expensive or, you know, or whatever your challenge is that like there, there is a creative solution. You just have to think outside of the box a little bit. 
I'm glad you mentioned that because so even for our larger units, like in the winter time, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll rent each room out separately, you know, just, you know, so we can get through the winter. Um, and then like, well, if, especially like traveling nurses and we'll try and put people together that are very similar. And actually a lot of the groups we put together are better than the groups that come together. And, you know, as the years pass, we'll stay in touch and they, they're, they've stayed in touch and built, you know, a, a relationship. Which is nice, especially for a traveling nurse. You're coming to a new city and at least, you know, you're in a place with other people in the same situation, you know, experiencing the same thing. So I think it's, um, actually, yeah, it's a good way to, there's, there's always a way to keep making it work. You just got to keep finessing that approach. Yes. I must ask on that. So one quick reminder, Kama has been doing this with Stars of Boston for as the owner and founder for seven years now. So what Katie is saying is she has tested it all out and has come to figure out how it works year over year and switching to room rentals. That's genius. So I've tried to do that in Georgetown, Texas uh, and in Temple, Texas, uh, where I list both my entire unit and room rental, but I haven't really had many people reach out to me on the room rental side. So are you wording your headlines a certain way to attract the right tenants or how are you really getting people to say yes to those room rentals? Right. I mean, like I said, it's, you know, it's a lot of work and you have to make sure you're putting the you know, the right people together, but most of our larger units are close to hospitals too. So that's appealing to traveling nurses. So we'll list in the headline, like, you know, walking distance to Boston Children's Hospital. Um, we advertise a lot on Facebook as well. One thing that that really angers me, though, are when these people get on and, and they start like laughing at the rents we're charging. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, if you know, and it's so infuriating because they're doing this based with no knowledge of what they're saying. And they would be ashamed of themselves if they understood the market. Right. Um, so we've learned to ignore those. But yeah, and then it's a lot of going back and forth and, you know, we'll find the first and then when we find the second, we'll put them in touch with each other, um, you know, because a lot of these people are also renting sight unseen and then they're going to a place and living with somebody that they've never met before. Um, but yeah, you know, so far we've had a really good experience doing it. Excellent. Like, yeah, it's the same thing in real estate, like with rentals too, I've had to do this, you know, because you have good markets, bad markets. You know, everyone gets their license and they think they're going to be rich. And nine out of 10, most agents, you know, they don't make, it's a tough business. It's a tough business. You have to have thick skin. So, but I love it. Yeah, for sure. So what percentage would you say are repeat guests that come to your homes? We get a lot of repeat guests, actually. Actually, I just, it's funny you said that two days ago, I received a call of a owner who has an in-law apartment and wants to list with us. And I said, how did you hear of us? And she said that her nephew had stayed in one of our units, I think two years ago. And he was impressed about what we did and, you know, how we treated our guests. And so, yeah, that felt really good. That is good. Well, Katie, I only have one more thing to add. So do you have any final questions for Kama? I don't. I think this has been such a great conversation. And I just, I think there's just such an underlying theme of adaptability and flexibility and just always being 
always being creative in your market, which is just so, so important. It is definitely. So my last uh, bit of information that I want to leave with you guys is a trivia question. Has anyone throughout this episode figured out what STARS of Boston stands for? STARS is actually an acronym. So we're going to pause for a few seconds. Should we do some like Jeopardy music? That's not pausing, Katie. (laughs) My brain never pauses. My husband says at any time in my brain, there's a hundred tabs open. And it's so true. Okay, that's a long enough pause. Now, comma, what does it stand for? What's the acronym? Yeah, Yeah, so STARS is an acronym for short-term apartment rental solutions. So creative. I love it. Did you come up with that or someone else helped you? I did, yeah. I came up with it. I don't remember how, but I was like, yeah, that's great. I love it. That is great. And Stars <laughs> yeah. of Boston, it just has like this celebrity feel to it. <laughs> right. And then it's also like if you're thinking and you need a place in Boston, you know, and it's like, what was the name of the company? It's like, look up. Oh, Stars. Yeah, it was Stars of Boston. Yep, exactly. Well, thanks for being here with us. We always put your link to Furnish Finder to your website in the show notes on YouTube. And I have been able to start adding them to the notes on audio platforms as well. So make sure when you're listening on audio platforms, you can click through if there's something that has intrigued you and you'll likely find the link associated with it in the episode show notes. Uh, So any final thoughts for for everyone, Kama? No, I just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, This it's been great. I've really enjoyed it. And, you know, I'm happy, you know, to give advice or suggestions. If anyone's thinking about getting into this, um, my contact information will be there and I just want to keep plugging away. Awesome. Well, tune in guys each week with us on Mondays for the next great episode. And honestly, you don't really have to watch them in order. You can just pick whatever title or conversation you think sounds good. And like, Hmm, I want to learn about that today. And I have listened to many of these three or four times. And every time I go back and listen to it again, I'm like, Oh, I forgot about that. I need to reincorporate that into my operations side. So don't be afraid to re-listen to any of them as well. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye.